0: it's thursday november 16th and i'm tired that's just it (laughs) that's kind of where i'm at right now uh i feel like i've spent the last 27 hours with you which is great i love you it's fun i miss you already but uh when we get together less frequently over the years like last year we were seeing each other like every single week it felt like now we see each other like once every three months and uh i don't know that i can control myself from a fun perspective when i'm with you like i just want to have maximum fun like podcasting with kevin sweeney and ordering deep dish pizza and making jokes at aj hogart's expense until 4 45 in the morning that's what we did last night yeah and then we got up in the morning and drove back I haven't recovered from that at all. <laughs> like, I think my voice is kind of gone. I have definitely like a, a cold going right now. But uh, I think I said this last week. I'm not sick, to be clear. I just have the sniffles. <laughs> I'm going to power through. This is willpower more than anything. But uh, it's good to see you again, my friend. You have a good day today. This is, we're, we're recording this Wednesday night for Thursday's episode. So, what did you do after you got home today?
1: Uh, I got home. I did a little bit of work, but I also did a little bit of self care. And my form of self-care in this case was I was sad. I got sad once again about Michigan State and you know, obviously the the affairs of the basketball team currently. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go down the street and I'm gonna I'm gonna buy myself a cookie and I'm gonna bring my wife home a cookie. So I went down the street to Detroit Cookie Company and I got myself a cookie, Greg. And I brought that cookie to this episode. So I'm gonna be happy. As I enjoy this, uh, I think it's like Reese's and something cookie. So, like, yeah, I'm I'm okay, and I got a a liter of alkaline water as well. So
0: I got a sweet treat and hydration. Do you love a good sweet treat? Are you more of a sweet over salt guy? Mm, uh, I'm more of like a
1: a gummy, like like a sour candy type of guy.
0: Mm. Mm, yeah you have always been off the gummies that's for sure i just i I don't know where this narrative came from it's just not me it's not my game okay you just you're a gummy guy that's what i was told uh can i get a close-up of that cookie real quick like i know you just took a bite but can we get that like really in the camera here like talk me through what what this cookies game
1: is i think it's like it's called the eight mile mix and i think it's pretzels reese's and Something else, maybe caramel.
0: Oh, so it's one know. of those. It's one of those cookies that's just ninety percent for show. I mean, it's a great cookie. That's what you're asking me. No, it's like one of those. Just like you put it on the mantle, cookies, not eat it, cookies. Okay, here we go. Now we gotta start this off with some bad cookie taste. What are your favorite cookies? Toll House Break and bakes? No, chocolate chip. Just a, a pure chocolate chip. Nothing better. Right to the point. A chocolate like you don't cookie like has never it, gone wrong. It, Like you've never gone.
1: I mean, there's like a lot of cookie stores around now, like where you can go get cookies, like, uh, I don't know, like an insomnia cookie. You're just getting straight chocolate chip every time. I've been to insomnia cookie with you. You didn't get a chocolate chip cookie. You got something else.
0: I don't think that's true.
1: I think I got like one chocolate chip. Oh, that must, sorry. That must have been the other that must've been the other white guy that I went to podcast yeah, with yeah. in Lincoln who
0: had the mixed paper rub the, the other mediocre white man forget the word mediocre uh yeah no, you can't go wrong with a chocolate chip cookie man that's all it is like I respect people that want other things in their cookie there's nothing wrong there's plenty of great cookies out there but like where does the the gaudiness end where does the excess end like the seven deadly sins right like At some point, too much is just a little too much.
1: I agree with you. There's nothing beats a classic chocolate chip. But when you go to, like, a cookie store, I feel like you got to indulge in,
0: like, you know, the menu and what they got going on. Okay. Yeah. Understand their full game. I get it. It Look, it was a good-looking cookie. It looks more like a chocolate chip cookie, though, than something with, like, pretzel and caramel and whatever the hell else you said was in there. So you also just oust that cookie. I mean, we've been talking mm-hmm. for maybe 120 seconds max, and you you housed that. I did, yes. Similar to how you housed me in one on one when we played uh, for the credential to the Champions Classic. Do you want to talk about that? How do you feel about your game? Uh, I mean, I, I think
1: we. I speak for both of us here, where we struggled with the double rims. We struggled on the outside hoop. Uh, it was a windy day. Uh, there was a 50 to 55 year old male skater behind us trying to land a trick the whole time we were playing and not landing it and screaming out expletives in the park. That definitely threw me off a couple times. But I, I definitely don't think an A game for either of us. I'm happy to come out on top with the win. Um, I don't know if I would be able to handle you if Michigan basketball is doing what they're doing. Doug's doing what they're doing, what he's doing. And you beat me in one on one.
0: I I couldn't do it. That's why I really got to cut it off. So I'm glad I got the dub. To your credit, you did cut it off also. Like, I was trying to do my mind games with you. I I said before we started, the only way I really had a legitimate shot here was to beat you with mind games. That's why when I set the line at me plus one and a half, it was like it, it was reliant on me winning the mind games. And I think for half the game, I was winning the mind games. I had you taking a lot of jumpers. Uh, I did compare you to Malik Hall at one point. Um, th- There was just a lot going on. I was asking you how far back I could go without you guarding me. And then I hit the first jumper after you left me open and let me go back. That was a good moment. But ultimately, man, uh, we forget this often. You're a very good basketball player. You're also six eight. There's nothing I can I'm, do about I'm that. Very, yeah, I'm a very large human being. As long as I'm
1: making... Making the baby hook shot or the layup, like I should be good, but I was missing it to start. Uh yeah. there's was, there's was some opportunities there for you. Uh, but also extremely heady and intense defender. I'm not saying I'm good, but I was giving all out effort. I was giving great hands. I mean, just absolute great hands, textbook closeouts.
0: Yeah. Uh I felt good about it. No, the simple truth is when you want to guard me, I will not score on you. It's as simple as that. In a one-on-one setting, again. In a five-on-five setting, I do think I carry some value because I know how to play off-ball. I'm an off-ball specimen. On-the-ball is not my game. You told me play to my game, play to my strengths. I just couldn't do that. And and outdoor court, double rims. But you earned the victory. It was impressive stuff. And uh, ultimately, you earned the credential to the Champions Classic, except we had two credentials to the Champions Classic. (laughs)
1: Okay, but in our defense, it was always the plan to both go and we had one credential and whoever won the game, we're going to play for it. But literally in a a twist of fate, Greg actually explained to the person handling credentials what we were doing. Like actually said, well, like, you know what? We're going to play one-on-one for it. Can we just tell you who wins our one-on-one game at a later time? In which case the credential guy responded back like, you know what? Here's two just because I don't I don't know if he he liked Greg's message to a great uh, extent or something like that. But like after that email, which I can't believe he sent, by the way, he was <laughs> like, yeah, you, you guys can have two credentials.
0: Yeah. So th- this was a fib. I'll go so far as to call it a fib. I will not say it was a lie because the fib was rooted in truth. Originally, we originally did apply for two credentials to the Champions Classic. We were not given two. We were given written confirmation that we had only received one, and we received a written confirmation of a request for the name of the person between the two of us who would go to this game. So they asked us which one of us is going. I texted you immediately and said, do you want to play one-on-one for this credential and make content out of it? You said yes. That was the plan. I could have completely ignored that email. We could have just abandoned it instead Email the guy and just said, hey, can I give you this last minute? Because I didn't want – if we actually only had one credential, I didn't want to miss out on it waiting until the day of the game to play one-on-one. So I was trying to be responsible and say, hey, can I email you at 4 p.m., the day of the Classic, with whose name it is? Because we are going to play one-on-one and make content out of this for the credential. And, yes, we got the email back that just said – here's two credentials. Uh, First off, shout out to the champions classic. I forget the name of the gentleman who helped us out here, but uh, I was much appreciated. Second of all, with events like this in general, I just want to say the people running these events should not be so nervous to give out credentials in general. Like maybe, yeah, do your vetting, like do your fact checking, but every single one of these events that we have pulled up to, including last year's final four, just has like rows and rows of MP seats.
1: Yeah like just just give give the people the opportunity i mean obviously you can't let people just take advantage of it It has to be some sort of uh uh you know semblance of order with giving them out but they could definitely be a little less lenient
0: yeah i don't know just like media row we got up to our our press box row as soon as we got there yesterday and like the entire row we were in had one of 11 spots filled that had assignments it's just like I And I don't know. I'm sure there were people out there that got denied. I'm very thankful that we weren't. We have certainly been denied for other things in the past. And uh we're still chasing that golden goose card of getting approved for the Final Four as Sleepers Media for the first time. Maybe this year. But I'll be pretty upset if not because there were just rows of empty seats at the Final Four last year. And I don't see anybody else doing daily shows.
1: You know me. how you said you want Kansas? <laughs> you want Warlock? I'm- I want you, Warlock.
0: Okay, all right, David Warlock. If somehow this makes its way to you, we love you and uh
1: I want you to love me.
0: I want you to love me because I love you.
1: We want you don't know.
0: You might not even know me, but I love you. We want to earn your respect, David Warlock. Okay, jam packed show tonight as always. I said in the Discord, we don't know what we're going to talk about because there's no good games on. There's barely any good games on tomorrow. Uh, I kind of downplayed that a little. We have more than we. When than we said that we can talk about, we're going to preview the Charleston classic, which in my opinion is the best tournament that is on tomorrow. Uh, we're going to play a fun game. I came up with people are kind of hating my games. I think in the YouTube comments, by the way, we got a lot of cri- criticism for the stock market game. This one's easier. It's just tell me one thing you've learned about the top 15 teams in the country. So very fun. Uh, I'm excited for that. And I even did the cutoff before we get to my team. So you don't have to tell me anything about Michigan. That's a nice little bonus. And then third topic today, uh, now that we've had some time to sleep on it, briefly, I want to go back to the Champions Classic and just do some definitive winners and losers. Because we we were in the moment last night. It was kind of a blur, even though it was a very good episode. Uh, now we've slept on it, and maybe some things change. Maybe we don't feel as harsh on Tyrese Proctor as we did last night, now that we're 24 hours removed. We also... New thing, are going to do some recaps and previews that won't always be part of the episode. Sometimes they will be part of the full episode that goes to Spotify and Apple. Sometimes they won't. Tonight, we are going to do a recap of the Rutgers game against Georgetown. We're going to do a recap of the Ohio State game against Merrimack. And uh, clip those out individually. They'll be separate from this. So go to the YouTube channel if you want to watch or listen to those. Uh, We have a lot more of that coming as we get into Feast Week next week, and we have a lot of people who are going to help us out with that that I'm very, very excited about. Deep breath. Anything else to add, Carter? Uh, No, you you didn't really give me an opening on that one. Uh, You really covered it all. Okay, I'm sorry. I got to share the rock a little more. YouTube comment of the day, what do you got? A lot
1: of YouTube comments, and now I'm realizing, why do I always start when you ask for a YouTube comment? A lot of YouTube comments. I always say that, but I need to cut that out. It's becoming a shtick, and I don't want it to be that. Um, Let's see here. A lot of Illinois fans. A lot of... Okay, I think I'll think i go with this one, and this comes from Cresci, I believe it is. You can tell in the first few minutes if AJ will have a good game. If he can get his primary defender on his hip easily, he'll have a good game. If not, he'll become passive. They don't post him up, so they need a screen with guards to get matchup when he needs to be on the switch. But really, Jaden needs more space. He has to be their second option offensively. Love the channel, fellas. You got any follow-up to that? I got a a short follow-up to that. Yeah, you go ahead. Go first. Uh, what what I will say is that I actually had just got off of Twitter before I got on here, and one of the one of the guys I follow uh, goes by the name of B Flow. He retweeted a clip of AJ playing last year and asked what he what you noticed about the clip. And it's a two minute clip from the Kansas State game, and without actually even looking at AJ playing and what AJ is doing, whether he's scoring, doing whatever, passing, whatever. It is visibly noticeable how much different the spacing is on the floor when you have guys like Hauser at the four last year, or you had even Malik Hall at the small ball five last year. It's just a noticeable difference than the gangs that we watched this season and watched last night. And though I think AJ, it it shouldn't be an excuse. He needs to play better. I agree. I think even he knows that, but it's also hard for him with, you know, the, the lineup and the spacing on the floor, because he is not a player who is a threat as a shooter. So he needs spacing to even use his body to create for others or create shots for himself for back downs and things like that. So uh, just, I guess I I just wanted to point that out. Cause it was something that i just recently watched on Twitter and noticed. And obviously you brought up spacing being an issue with this team.
0: Yeah. I don't have much to add. I think I beat a dead horse with this, a horse with, uh, with makeup, right? yeah right yeah they, there's not enough spacing shocking how much harder it makes it to play on everybody I th- and i don't i think it goes beyond aj like I, I saw the same thread you did i thought it was a really good thread uh but i, I think tyson's life is way harder than it's ever been right now because there is mm-hmm. no spacing uh Jade aiken's attempts people keep making a lot that he's two for ten um I think his attempts are harder. He, he used to get wide open three point attempts. I think he's gotten one wide open three pointer this season. Everything else has been kind of forced and tough. So I don't know what they do because, um, truly. I don't think there's personnel to fix this really. Right. Like, isn't uh, the only guy that's a shooter. That or I would tweak it
1: even further. Uh, you just go small ball. Like but the small ball guys also can't shoot. You play Malik Hall. I'm saying you play Malik Hall at the five. Malik Hall actually showed a semblance of having a threat last night, at least. I don't know if that's consistent or not, but he okay. is more of a threat than the other options. Instead of just completely saying we don't,
0: we can't get it done. It's either Booker or Malik Hall at small ball five for me. Okay. I can be talked into that sure but i still think even if you're playing theoretical small ball right now the likely theoretical small ball lineup is hall and car car's the worst shooter on the team hall still i know he shot well last night but it's it's not pretty and then are you still playing aj with those four like that's still three guys who aren't shooters right now so, uh, like to me, the, the only one who is like a a legitimate that guy's a threat. Threat shooting is Xavier Booker, maybe, and we don't even know if he is. Um, yeah. And Norman is a hypothetical. Maybe they scratch his red. I just wish there was more personnel options that could actually help with this. You know. Yeah. So I don't know what you do. Interesting. We'll see. Uh, Let's go to the Discord comments. If you want to join the Discord, it's $9.99 a month. Make sure you do so on a desktop, not your phone. Then you can get it on your phone uh, to get the cheapest price. There's a link in every single video that we do. We do a lot of videos. So that means there's a lot of links to join the Discord. People keep joining the Welcome Channel again. We're at 76 paid members. I want to get to 100. I want to get to 100 by
1: Christmas. if, If we get to 100 by Christmas uh i will do the following episode i will run it as a power hour episode
0: oh i'm in on that i'm in on that wait if wait we, wait is this we, basically bringing back a, a drunk scouts? huh is it this is basically bringing back a drunk scouts.
1: yeah but but power hour is just a shot of beer every hour for 60 minutes or a shot of a seltzer every hour for 60 minutes
0: okay i'm in Let's do that. So we will we will do a power hour episode if we get to a hundred Discord members paid before Christmas, December twenty fifth. Yes, yes, I can't wait. That's uh, and we're seventy at six, so twenty four more, baby. Here we go. Uh, th- we're gonna start today with a comment from Fam. Uh, actually, excuse me. No, we already did Fam's question about the sweatshirt and shorts. This is from Boom Fizzle, the first comment today. Do we think that Painter could roll into March playing ten players meaningful minutes? Short answer, no. I
1: don't think the rotation could be that big. I think the sweet spot's like eight guys, maybe nine. I think ten's
0: too many. Yeah, I don't think any coach actually wants to do that. Some do by default, but uh, Purdue, with the intentions they have and the realistic chances they have of winning a national championship, it would work against them to still be playing so many guys by the time that point in the season gets here. But during the regular season, you should, and he is, and it looks really good. Ryan Lyon says, "What are your updated predictions for first and second team Big Ten? Uh, maybe we can do this as a segment next week. But has anybody changed on your first team? Because that seemed consensus before the season. I think you you kept trying to throw a Morier in there, but everybody's consensus was like Boo Booey, Terrence Shannon, uh, Jameer Young, Tyson Walker, Zach Eady.
1: It it wasn't Amorié. I was I was trying to throw Coleman Hawkins. Oh, I thought it was Cliff one time." You know, I was I was bumping Cliff to the second team. I think it was. Yeah, that's right. Or maybe bu- or, or maybe it was 13, One of those two. Um, yeah, we'll, we can definitely do a segment on that because I do think I would. I'm honestly, not that many changes, but I do think there are there would
0: be a couple. I have one change and one change only. Do you want to guess what it is? Doug McDaniel. Who am I bumping for Doug McDaniel? Uh, from the first Jameer Young. I'm bumping Jameer Young. And also, Braden Smith is right there, too. Um, but I don't know. He You can't bump Tyson. You can't bump Edie. You can't bump Shannon. So uh, you, you know who's other, left. Other two don't spots make, are for grabs. Don't make me say the name, but you know who's left. And Braden Smith is right there. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Malik says, Carter, if Sissoko gets six and eight, you have to take a shot because it's moddy shots. Greg, if you are so sure... Wait, wait is, is that a body shots play from Malik? Did he just – did he rhyme body shots with body shots? I I, 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 Sometimes I don't know what Malik is doing. I think Malik might be a genius, and he's just like hiding in plain sight in our comments. I That's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. If he intended to do body shots, I love that. Uh, he says, Greg, if you're so sure that the Big Ten will lose the Gava games, why didn't you make a bet with Carter? Because I don't want to bet against the Big Ten, I just I do because I I try to be objective. I don't want to though. You know, it's not a fun yeah. bet.
1: I mean, last time we recorded, Big Ten was two and zero, and now they what do they sit
0: at? We're not a math podcast. Iowa lost to Creighton. Uh, Illinois lost to Marquette. Are we? Are we two two?
1: Uh, Rutgers is about to yeah. beat
0: Georgetown, so that's three two. Six two still in play. <laughs> still in play. Um, Basketball Jones linked the tweet that the Hoop Herald had this week. That was the the big Twitter debate. I'm gonna read it word for word, but it, it was clips of Montverde Cooper Flag. It said this Montverde team could beat a lot of Division One basketball teams. They would win a handful of conferences. And our coach, by one of the best in the world, would would Montverde win any conference? No, I don't think that they would. Uh, uh. Just,
1: yeah, I'm. I'm gonna open myself up to slander on this one, but I'm. I'm dead serious. If you give me that team on a neutral court, I'm not saying they're winning, but there's some teams that I could find some value in betting on Mount Vernon against them.
0: I think it was Coppin State. I think that's who played Louisville tonight. Does that yeah. sound right? Yeah, Coppin State played Louisville, yeah. lost by twenty twenty-one or twenty-two. I'd be interested in Montverde against Coppin. <laughs> like is Montverde beating U of D? No, 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 they're not. So our, the big basketball group chat we're in like clowned this and was like, this is so stupid. Any, any team in the country would 40 piece this team. I was quietly sitting on my phone. Like, but did you see the highlights though? Cause <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, but like, this, ah, this team. and
1: they, it, the funny thing is, um, <laughs> they brought up when a Juco had played another team with like Marvin Bagley in them, yeah. And outside of Marvin Bagley on that Hillcrest team and DeAndre Aiden, uh, who was younger at the time, it that team wasn't that good. Like Mountain is kind of a different beast. Like, you got Liam McNeely, you got Flag, you got uh, Asano, you got Derek Queen, like, just call uh,
0: Pete. Pete there. No, Koopi's not on that team. I thought he was on Montverde. This is why I let you do all the prep stuff. I could have sworn Koopi was on Mount Bird. He's not. He should be, but he's not. Mm. All right. Well, there's a Koopi lookalike that was hooping in the highlights. because Koopi's stock went up crazy in my head after I watched a video not of Koopi. I think you probably thought it was Asa, Asa Newell. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be closer than people think because – there's a ton of division one starters on that team right now is how I'm viewing it. And uh, who knows, maybe one day we'll actually get to see that. Matt F says, Maddie and Hogard at the moment seem unplayable. I know you said you don't want to see Hogard get even more down, but something needs to change. Cooper needs to take a majority of the center minutes with Booker following at the very least, neither should be starting together to start games, this MSU team is playing two or three on five with those two on the court. You agree? Uh I I guess I suppose,
1: but the only thing is, like, what is the solution? I guess if you're not going to play certain guys, you, you know what I'm saying? Um and I I truly do think that the shooting is not gonna be great. It won't be great, don't get me wrong. I would bet that they don't shoot this bad the whole season. I don't. Even, I don't think it's possible for them to shoot this bad the whole season. I. I don't. If they do it the whole season, I would be uh very very surprised. So um, you know, I don't. I don't know. I. I. I've actually been hearing that there are going to be changes in the starting lineup for this Friday, and I. I actually believe that there will be a change for this Butler game. I'm not sure Whoa. who it's going to be, but there will
0: be a change in the starting lineup. Are you breaking news right now? You didn't even tell me this. It's got a funny feeling. It's not even news. Funny feeling. Interesting. Okay. Uh, well, for what it's worth, I would not take the bet that I took with Jake Schemmel last week, this week, that uh there won't be lineup changes. I would not touch that this week. I think think we are coming up on the time where there might be. Maybe the guy who supposedly is begging Tom Izzo to bench him could be one of the the switches here. We'll see. I don't know. Um let's fly through some of these other ones because we do have a lot to get to. And these are actually from two days ago because we didn't do any comments. Uh, last night booby says we need a big 10 power rankings we could probably put that in graphic form we talk about all these teams enough individually right now that um maybe once a week we should reset but maybe that's something for next week at this point we'll, we'll let it get through the weekend booby also says taking another victory lap tonight Adama Ball had 23 and six in Santa Clara's win at Stanford he is legit on both sides of the floor yeah he looks really good that was a really good shout out from you booby honestly a lot of things that you do very nice booby uh guy did not want to be outdone by booby jumped right in and said how does it feel that nebraska is 3 and 0 while msu is 1 and 2
1: nebraska has played three bum ass
0: teams guy
1: hmm
0: okay uh matt f replied to that and said bruh guy is the aj Hogart of the discord <laughs> he is our point guard <laughs> we, we did say yeah, that originally I, he is our pg coy asks who is the best blue and white team Creighton, Duke, Kansas, someone else? Who's the best blue and white team? In my opinion, it's Creighton. Uh, we're, I think there's a Creighton question when we do the, like, one thing we've learned about each top 15 team later in the show. I don't know that it's Creighton. I'm a little scared for my R Blue Jays right now. I think I would go – I if Kansas counts, I'm going Kansas but i think they're blue and red blue white and red okay i would have said they don't count for blue and white which would mean i would then say kentucky okay yeah if it's kentucky yeah okay uh, i i would count them just cuz coy did okay okay then kansas is my answer i uh, i think that's it for today Craig Bowers came in and uh, had a couple things to add, but I don't think any of these are directed at us to answer on the show, but shout out to Craig. He's going to Maui, by the way. You got to make sure that you follow all the boilers in the stands, guys. Uh, Joe Jackson continuing with his film breakdowns on Twitter. And uh, I know you're excited for Purdue's trip to Maui. I I need
1: everything in my power for ESPN to get footage of Zach Eadie going down a water slide at the resort. <laughs> like I, That's going to be content that'll keep on
0: giving. Zach Eaddy himself is uh, just worried about winning Euchre tournaments right now. I I, I feel like I, – I,
1: is why would Zach Eaddy even know about Euchre? Let's not get into it. But like Why would he be a Euchre
0: player? At a certain point, when does this actually concern us? Because we've been talking about how he's been missing some bunnies, and my man doesn't look like he cares about National Player of the Year. I want him to go care about National Player of the Year more than he cares about Euchre. Like it's November fifteenth, dog. The season is here. Espe- like, go-
1: especially because, it, especially because if he doesn't care, then you have to see your ex be national player of the year.
0: Yeah, I don't want to see that. I don't- please, Zach ED. please don't don't let that happen to my reality. Uh, okay, good job. Comments. Join the Discord. Twenty four people away from a power hour episode. We need to get there by Christmas. Link in every single video description that we put on the channel. Uh, let's get to the show. Cart. Topic number one. I want to go back to the champions classic. You and I were there. We did a bunch of videos. We had Kevin Sweeney come meet at the Airbnb and record an hour and a half long podcast episode at three in the morning. It was a fun time. There was too much deep dish pizza. You were sad for a while. Then I think you were happy for a while. The FanDuel Sportsbook is a great place in the United Center. We got to meet a lot of cool people from Twitter. All in all, great night with some moments that weren't so great for certain teams. But looking back now, now that we've had some time to let it settle in and not be so reactionary, I want you to give me three winners and three losers from the Champions Classic. Hmm. Okay. Is it okay if ours overlap? Like, yeah. Can we have the same one, or are you going to pick different ones than me? I will pick the ones that I want to pick, regardless of if you pick them or not. Okay. Uh, I think for starters, winner is Caleb
1: Foster. And when I say Caleb Foster, I mean Duke's guards in general. I think I would give it to them all because the fact that John Shire has the luxury of Caleb Foster, Jeremy Roach, Jared McCain, and Tyrese Proctor basically at his fingertips at all times. You can, I just think that gives them them so much versatility and uh, has me kind of back in on Duke, I guess, when I soured on them a little bit after that Arizona game and how they played. Um, So I'll go Caleb Foster, Duke's guards. I'll go Hunter Dickinson just because obviously twenty seven and twenty one you, you can't argue with that. And outside of basketball, last winter can I go Fanduel Sportsbook? <laughs> yes, of course. In the United Center, of course. I you mean can. that place is a that place is immaculate. I mean they got the setup, they got all the TVs, the beverages are good. Uh, I just I really enjoyed myself in that spot, and it made it great for us to be able to watch the games too. Uh, on top of the games we got to saw live. So yeah, I think those are my three winners.
0: I love that. Uh yeah, I think those are all good answers. Um, yeah, I, I like the the sports book shout out for sure. Hunter was absolutely a winner. I'll give my three winners. I only have one that overlaps with you. It is Hunter Dickinson. Uh I'm shocked you didn't open with Hunter Dickinson. He was the story of the night to me. Uh, because it wasn't just that he was really good, right? He obviously was really good, but it was also that like that was the full Hunter Dickinson experience on the biggest stage on the number one team in the country and he won the game and he propelled the 10point comeback like I, I, I was gonna say the whole time not to cut you off but when they went
1: up by 110 I think it started the start game' or like 90 you're like I need some adversity to go and I want to see what Hunter does and then they storm Kentucky storms back and you're like, uh- oh what's gonna happen? Leads the comeback.
0: You know? Yeah, I said this. Uh, I said those words to you in the moment last night. But I said this even looking back on it today. I like Hunter's not supposed to do what he did last night. The Hunter Dickinson that I know is supposed to blow an eleven-point lead, get down ten, realize that his entire team on the wing isn't making. Like realize Nick Timberlake's over three. Realize Al Marco Jackson's over three. And he's supposed to start finger pointing. Like, he's supposed to hit the podium and literally say, like, guys got to realize this is the CAA anymore. Like, that's what he's supposed to do. He did that for three years with Michigan. He would play great, get his numbers, lose games, and then blame people. So, I don't know what to make of this, man. Hunter, uh, it was a great performance on the court, clearly. It still came with the point point into his nuts. Like, he hits the big three at halftime and bam like – Apparently that's not going away with Bill Self here. Like, I don't know what to make of it. Like, apparently there is a world where Hunter Dickinson being the same Hunter Dickinson we know and love is just the best player in the country on the best team in the country. That's terrifying to me.
1: Yeah, it's Kansas
0: Keto Hunter as well. Looks in great shape. Great shape. We love that. Uh, He might be on the the me regimen right now. He looks like he's been running a mile every morning and eating fruit.
1: Or not eating in your case.
0: Yeah, I don't eat a lot, Um, except for deep dish at two in the morning when I'm with you, because live it up. I love Carter Elliott. Winner number two for me. I- I'll be curious what you think of these last two winners for me. Winner number two for me is Duke fans. Duke fans. Uh, variety of reasons why. So we had the Duke fans sitting in front of us like Kitty Corner, right? Who pretty objectively seemed like some of the most annoying people I've ever seen watch a basketball game. I think you and I would agree on that. Uh, with that said, they were passionate. They had some nice jerseys. Somebody had a Shire jersey. I kind of liked that. Like there was some heritage there. I liked it. Here's why Duke fans win: they get every call. They just get every call. That's got to be fun. Right. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. They, yeah. I I I
1: learned a lot about Kyle Filipowski in this game. I did not know that man flops all over the place.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he all played, the plays world. for whistles. Yeah. The whole fan base plays for whistles. That's what I came away with. Like They they were looking around like, we're supposed to get these. We're Duke. And I just sort of had the realization, like, wow, it, it would kind of be a nice luxury to have to be a Duke fan, just knowing you get that, you know? Yeah, 100%. That's so in that sense, they're a winner to me. And also, uh, add to it, they get to root for John Shire, who just, like, is going to pull the number one recruiting class, keep them all for his sophomore year. just keep doing it like john shire's not supposed to go toe-to-toe with tom Izzo and win his first game and like does that include like the young duke fans i think it includes all duke fans for me yeah okay even Um, the ones who haven't earned their stripes okay oh sorry i said stripes you don't like stripes
1: no it's just like you know your nephew carter right
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i know my nephew
1: yeah, I, god, I when TJ hears that he's going to really tear <laughs> me up on that one. I I love your nephew, Carter. I love his name, I love his swag, I love everything about him. If he was a Duke fan, he would be one of the most punchable kids of all time. It just is what it is.
0: <laughs> I I say this with so much love. My guess would be that Carter would be a Duke fan. <laughs> My guess on the I'm just on his whole the way he carries himself on the field, on the pitch. I think I think he would be like Grayson Allen. He's that type of athlete. He's that type of athlete. He's a great player. Yeah. He's a menace. <laughs> All, right, let's, All right, let's move on. I love you, Carter. My nephew's listening. Uh, my third winner, Rob Dillingham. Third and final winner. Yeah. Kid's sick. So fun. It, he's so, and it's, it honestly, it's the
1: full experience too. You got to enjoy it. Like you can't just love Rob Dillingham at four threes and 90 seconds. You got to love Rob Dillingham at four threes and 90 seconds. And at the end of the game, when he takes a tough corner, tray airball and it's an awful shot. You just got to embrace the whole experience of Dillingham. And it's, it, it's a great ride and experience to be on. Like if, if you don't, if you're not on it, I highly recommend giving it a go. Are you in or out on the Thrillingham nickname? I'm out on it. Big time. I'm out on it. I just think, I just think Rob Dillingham as a name is just fire enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I don't think you need to spice it up. It's Rob yeah. Dillingham. Also, also his Instagram
1: name is Rob with, with, with the shifts.
0: With the shifts. Yeah. Instead of, instead of with the shits, it's with the, with the shifts. Like shifty. Okay. I wish it was just with the shits but it's okay. (laughs) Shifts is fine. Uh, All right. That was, yeah, those are my winners. You want to do your losers really quick? We don't need to spend as much time on losers, but I'm curious how much overlap we will have here. Okay. Losers, I will go
1: Michigan State spacing, A.J. Hogard, and Michigan State shooting. I can tell you
0: put a lot of time and thought into that one. Honorable, men- honorable mention, Antonio Reeves. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. It's a really good one. Uh, yeah, the Kentucky guards, I I still am baffled by it when I listened back to the segment with Sweeney. Like, it seems like everybody's takeaway was just like, damn, Kentucky's really good. And I'm like, their guards were so bad at shooting in this game. But like, I agree from watching it. I was like, wow, they are really good. It just, it was wild. Like, Antonio Reeves, I thought was horrible last night. And he's supposed to be like, they're, if not best player, one of their best players. And it's kind of weird that both of those are happening concurrently. Uh, It's funny to me that you and I both did not have Antonio Reeves in our three, though. I know you were doing the Michigan State bit, but I don't have Reeves in my three. Uh, Loser number one for me, Xavier Booker. Can I say it? He shouldn't have gone to Michigan State. Shouldn't have done it. I I
1: I can't blame that that statement for I, it's got to be frustrating and tough for him to watch what our front court does and not be given the opportunity.
0: Shouldn't have done it. And if it changes, I'll change my tone. But two weeks into the season, I mean the guy the guy was on NBA radars, and right now the narrative is he can't beat out Matisse Soggo. That's tough. I don't know. I, like not, there's, a, there's a good a, narrative. There's a bazillion other schools in the country that would just play him, even if they aren't winning games. And right now, Michigan State's not winning games. They still won't play him. It's insane to me. It's also not – I'm not asking for – I'm asking for like three minutes a half. Just give him a run. Give him one run in the second half, and I'm quiet about this.
1: It's yes. crazy. Anything. Crazy to
0: me. Anything. It's crazy. Uh, loser number two for me, the United Center guy that yells. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I've talked about this in group chats to people directly to their face to you for like an hour last night. There's just a guy who's on payroll at the United Center to just yell. That's his job. And uh, like he's he's like the entertainment guy where like a timeout comes on. He goes down the court like, all righty, kids. We got Jake from Duke. We got Jesse from Kansas. They're going head-to-head. Who can make a layup? Let's go. Well, like that's that's his job. That's his whole job. But he just yells. Like he just yells a lot. He doesn't have any nuance to the role. Like that's, that's a nuanced role. You got to know when to yell and know when to facilitate, know when to play the rhythm of the moment. Let, let the – the moment breathe a little bit. This man doesn't let anything breathe. He just yells. And uh, I was, again, in my job hunt phase. I was on Indeed.com trying to see if there's a listing for a United Center yelling guy. Because if this guy's making six figures to yell during TV timeouts, I need that job. I respect it. I, I I just, he needs to get rid of his fastball or just like he, he just, like
1: we've seen him in five settings. He does the same thing every time.
0: Yeah. He's, he's, he's just always there too, right? Like we, we, <laughs> just, we said, we were, we saw him at other events and now he's still here. I was expecting him to be there six months later from the last time we saw him. Uh, convinced he might live in the United Center. Honestly, I don't like it. The United Center kind of scares me, by the way. Yeah. I know you said it's a winner. United Center kind of scares me.
1: Yeah, it's I I don't know what it is about it either, but like if an arena
0: was haunted and or somebody did live in an arena, it would be in the United Center. That elevator up to the seventh floor where it's just like office rooms was like what's going on here?
1: Yeah. And like all the equipment
0: up there is like extremely old. Yeah. Yeah. I think some devious decisions have been made up there. That was my read. Final loser of me for uh the champions classic. John Calipari is a loser. What? I thought I thought he got punked by Bill Self in this game. How so? I I don't think Cal did anything to go at Hunter's weaknesses on offense or defense, and that was really frustrating for me to watch.
1: Hmm. Okay, I I will agree to disagree on that, but I would disagree on that. I think that Cal actually did a good job
0: of using Trey Mitchell to kind of pull pull Hunter out. They didn't put him in any pick and roll situations at all. Like that's that's the number 1 thing Hunter can't do and they did not drag Hunter out as the guy who was like guarding the pick and roll. They didn't do it once. Yeah. Yeah, true. I just kept waiting. I kept waiting and waiting and waiting and then meanwhile on offense it's just like, "Oh yeah, we're just going to guard you with a 6-7 guy." Like that's I've never seen Hunter Dickinson have an easier 29 in his life than last night. And I get like, "Ooh, it's the big Hunter Dickinson moment." Give him credit. He was my number one winner. But, like, to me, Cal is the reason Hunter's the winner. Like, Cal Cal handed that entire game to him on a silver platter without making it tough. And uh, but at the same time, Cal's offense looks a little modern. So, I guess he can win and lose this time. But he was a loser to me. I thought Bill Self punked him, had a better game plan, and Kansas wins.
1: Your, your angle should have been, though, Cal is a loser because he did not get Hunter. If this Kentucky mm. team has Hunter – how good are they?
0: You're right. That's a way better angle. Like that? Yeah. Just pretend I went with that angle. That's a really okay. good angle. I like that angle. All right. All right. Those are our winners and losers. Champions Classic was really fun. Thank you to uh, the Champions Classic for having us. And thank you to everyone for buying my lie that we had only one credential on the line. We had to. Fib. 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 You're right. Sorry. Fib. Uh <laughs> All right. Time for my game. This should be fun. Uh, I want to go through the top 15 teams in college basketball. I want to be pretty quick with this. And I want us both to give one thing we have learned about each team in the first week of the season. So let's be pretty quick, rapid fire style. We can go back and forth. We can ask some questions, but we're just going through the top 15 teams on Ken Pom. Do you want to start at the bottom or do you want to start at the top? Top. Okay. So that means Purdue, the number one team in the country. What is one thing you have learned about Purdue in the first week of the season? Braden Smith is what we thought he was going to be. That's mine as well. Braden Smith has arrived. Uh, he's just great. I think he's like a top six, seven player in the Big Ten. And he might go under the radar despite that, but he's special. And uh, that's the step forward we were looking for, for Purdue to take the step forward that we want to see. Great. I love this game. We might just be aligned the entire time. That's fun. Team number two, Houston. What is one thing you've learned about Houston since the season started? Is it allowed to say I haven't learned
1: anything about Houston yet? Yeah, you have to for the game. You have to learn something. I have to learn something. Okay. (laughs) One thing I learned about Houston is that Kelvin Sampson is a very, very smart coach for scheduling his non-conference schedule the way he did with the transition into the big 12 for them i think he did a good job because he traditionally does a pretty good job of challenging himself in the non-conference because he was in the american i think he switched he flip-flopped that this year and i think that's smart so if i had to pick one thing i think i picked that
0: okay i've learned that i don't know how i feel about jamal shed that's me kind of ducking the question i guess because i'm saying i've learned something i don't know but I came into the season thinking Jamal Shedd was like a guaranteed superstar. All of the offseason hype and buzz was that Shed took a huge step forward. You're gonna see a new version of him. And he's been really mediocre. He had five points, two points, and five points in their three games thus far. They brought in other good guards. But to me, if if Houston's gonna be really good, Jamal Shedd should honestly be the best guard on that team. And right now doesn't look close to that. Uh, to the number third team, what have you or number three team, who what have you learned about Kansas?
1: I learned that Kevin McCuller is going to step up in that wing position that Kansas has had over over this past couple seasons. I think it still remains to be seen what what it's going to be, but he's going to be that main wing high usage guy. I think he can do it.
0: Yeah, Kevin McCuller is really good. That's what I've learned. Yeah, Uh, and it's I think it's a product of the program. Like they just keep doing this with wings, guys who are like good fourth options become great. First or second options immediately when they need to. Kind of crazy. Yeah. If I'm yeah. a wing, I'm going to Michigan or Kansas right now. Yeah, it's special stuff. Shot Jalen Wilson. That was a tough decision for him. What have you learned about UConn? I learned that they had the best front court
1: in the country. Mmm. Whoa. That's interesting. I think I think that Donovan Kling and Alex Caravan are the best front court in the country. And I just think that one, Klingin is good. Um, but also Caravan just fits with Klingin great. Like Caraban has a size, he can shoot, he rebounds, like he does everything that complements what Klingin is. And he's also just good in his own right. So I would say that they either have the best front court or I'd go with the addition of Cam Spencer, cannot be forgotten. Like, okay. he hit eight threes the other night.
0: Yeah, that's really nice. Um, my my answer went with your first answer. Alex Caravan's really good. He was inconsistent last year. He was obviously, like, good for a freshman, but he would have, like, a 15-point game, a 10-point game, a 2-point game, and just, like, alternate in that cycle all season long. Uh, this year, 22 points, 15 points, 14 points. He has missed one shot from inside the 3-point range on the season. He's 12 for 13 from the floor on non-3-pointers. He's making free throws. Uh, He's rebounding, he's got blocks, he's got steals. I just really like the kid. I think he's really, really good, and he's kind of the unsung hero of that team, in my opinion, that uh, is is absolutely one of the top five teams in the country. What have you learned about Alabama?
1: I learned that the backcourt's legit. I think the backcourt of Sears and Estrada is legit. I had some concerns about it. I think that that's a really good, legit backcourt.
0: Okay. Uh, I learned that Grant Nelson is really good at dominating bad teams.
1: Is that because he hasn't played a good team yet?
0: I don't know. That I need to still learn. But for right now. Uh, I learned that Grant Nelson is still really, really good at that. He was crushing his first two games of the season. Uh, That's next fun. up, we move to number six. It's the Arizona Wildcats. What have you learned about Arizona?
1: I learned that Keyshaw Johnson's really damn good. That's mine too. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good. I I if I'm a San Diego State fan, I'm sick that he left. I know they're saying like the whole like we got uh on Lee now to like, nah, losing Keshad Johnson's Cough, but what a blessing for arizona
0: to get him i have this theory with him and the way he's going to affect caleb love that like i i haven't figured out the best way to verbalize it yet but it kind of reminds me of like someone that you know or some some friend you have his personality totally changes when he makes friends with a different friend group you ever, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like a guy who, oh, like, that's, that's like the nerdy kid. He's like, eh, this stupid little nerd. And then all of a sudden he's just like becomes friends with like the jock and like yeah. starts, starts dressing cool. That's what I feel like is happening with Caleb Love right now. And it's just like Keshawn Johnson got in the room and like grabbed him by his neck and was like, you're a tough MF-er. And Caleb Love was like, oh yeah, shit, I am. And now here we are and the whole team's vibing. Uh, I, I really like it. I think Keshad's massively important and he's really good. Number seven, what have you learned about Gonzaga thus far? Ooh, uh, I learned that
1: <laughs> I learned that Brayden Huff is good against bad teams. I'm interested to see what he looks like in, against the Maui
0: opponents. Okay. Maui's going to be so fun. I can't wait for that it next is. week. You're going to learn a lot about it too. My answer is that I think we have learned that the West Coast Conference still runs through Gonzaga. It's more about St. Mary's, but uh, people were writing yeah. off Gonzaga, and you and I even did. We don't love Gonzaga, but we called it out. Like, Doesn't it kind of feel like a year where a few would go under the radar and something good would happen? Well, yeah, the, this conference still runs through them for sure. Um, what have we learned about Tennessee, and why is it that Dalton Connect is nasty? It, it, that's
1: That's what it is. I learned that Dalton Connect is nasty, and I learned that they are going to win the award for both sides win in the transfer portal. Mm. Okay. Like the okay. like like the break the breakup worked for both. The breakup was good for both parties, and it's it, it's working out for Dalton Connect. Uh, well, Dal- I was it's it's a reach, but Dalton Connect coming in, they lose Olivier and Kamwa. He's playing really well at Michigan, but like okay. Dalton Connect is doing really well yeah. for tennessee so it's not like a like for like change but it's like both teams just
0: they they got better by it yeah it's yeah it's the win-win situation i'm okay with that yeah. uh yeah mine is just i think don connects the top 10 player in the country that's where i'm at i tweeted that it was top five right now i think it's top 10 uh, i know that's a little divisive in real basketball circles but I, I think he's that good i think he's just like a dude he reminds me Stylistically, they do different things, but when I watch him, I see the Franz Wagner I wish I got at Michigan. That's what I see from Connect right now. Like, just he's a jumbo wing who's like six ten, but should be six five, and is so smooth and can dunk everything. And is he doesn't guard at all. And Franz was an elite defender, so I'm not saying like that, but Connect, I just see Connect do shit offensively that I was always like Franz should be doing this. And Dalton's just doing it all. And it's really, really impressive stuff to me. Uh, Number nine, what have we learned about Marquette? Tyler Kolick is amazing. He crushed Illinois. And then he didn't even do the endgame stuff, though. Like, he was perfect all game. And then when it was clutch time, it was all the other dudes on Marquette. Yeah, so Tyler Kolick
1: is amazing. And Marquette is the the hype that Michigan State was getting for returning guys, too much of that went to Michigan State. Not enough of that went to Marquette. At least this this might be more of a personal thing because I feel like other people did it, but uh, Marquette's really damn good.
0: Yeah, they're just really good. That's my answer. And uh, you can apply that with Kolek, but I, I think this Marquette team does not deserve any of the skepticism. I think they are a top five team in the country. That's my answer. Yes. We learned they're a top five team in the country. What have we learned about Baylor? I learned that
1: it's it's cheating, but I learned that Jacoby Walter is a top three pick. Oh, top three! Jacoby Walter is a top three pick, and I think he'll have an argument for being the first pick. Wow. Okay, I like that. Like, I'm, um, I'm seeing draft boards with Justin Edwards and Ron Holland, and like, I'm actually a Ron Holland fan. I would take Jacoby Walter over both those guys right now. Okay.
0: Uh, I think we've learned already that this is the weakest Baylor team in the Scott Drew, like superhuman era, going back to when they won the national title. I was still know good or was still good or no? That I haven't learned yet, but I I can say definitively, I think this year's team is worse than last year's team, and it's worse than every other team in the Scott Drew era. Um, I know Ray J had one really good game. Ray J is two for eight from three on the season right now. He had seven turnovers in a game. I, I don't know. He's like super high usage, and I still don't all the way. Like I think he's the weakest ball-dominant Baylor guard we've seen in a long time. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to watch them. I'm curious to see more. What have we learned about Creighton? We have five teams left. What have we learned about uh, our Creighton?
1: I think we might have jumped the gun on Ashworth a little bit. But at the same time, I don't think it matters. What do you mean there? Because I think that Trey Alexander is that good. Oh, wow. Okay, that, that fits mine. Trey
0: Alexander I think, is I, the best player I, on the I game. think
1: that – okay, actually, here's my here's my point in actual the, what I wanted to relay. It was also, can Ashworth be better than Nebhardt, or is Nebhardt better than Ashworth? All it is is that – because you don't have Neb Hard now, you have Trey Alexander being the guy at the guard position. And that's great for Creighton because he's that guy.
0: Yeah. My answer is just Trey Alexander's the best player on this team. And Calk's the same dude he was last year for the record. But that's that should be notable that Trey Alexander's now like past him. That that means something. I think he's probably a first team All American. And I know everybody's talking about Hunter right now. I think if you're betting a national player of the year, the better bet is Trey Alexander than it is Hunter right now. And I think there's really, really good value on that. Four more. What have we learned about Duke? Can I say it while uh-huh. you wait on it? Can I say it? Yeah, go Yeah, go ahead. We've learned that Duke is soft.
1: We have learned that Duke is soft.
0: That's my answer. This, this team is yeah. soft. Yeah, I like that. They are. They're talented as hell, but... They're going to win a lot of games just because they are more talented than teams they play and they get a lot of calls. But Flip plays for foul calls. Proctor is one of the biggest floppers I've ever seen. They have enough talent in the backcourt that they can withstand one of their guards just no-showing, which has happened every game thus far, by the way. A different guard totally no-shows every single game. In the Champions Classic, it was McCain. Uh, This is a team that plays Ryan Young a bunch of minutes and actually has Ryan Young like being their best center right now says all you need to know good team very soft basketball team and when they play a team that's not afraid to hit them in the mouth that is mentally all the way there Unlike michigan state uh they're gonna lose a lot of games the way arizona beat them
1: yeah i mean we we saw that how they went out last year tennessee beat them punched them in the mouth
0: yeah yep and i i don't think this has anything to do with like shire and his program i think it's the just these players. Like I think a flip and Proctor group is always gonna be a little bit soft. As good as those guys are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's yep. crazy. Uh all right, 13th, Texas AM. What have we learned about the Aggies? Ooh. We learned
1: that oh, we didn't learn this, but Wade Taylor deserved all the offseason hype that he got. Yeah. And uh, those guys check like those guys check like hell too.
0: Yeah. I think we did learn that for the record. Um, that's, that's where I'm at. I didn't expect Wade Taylor to go on the road and just destroy Ohio State the way he did. So I'm taking Texas A&M more serious now because Wade Taylor is actually that good. That's what I've learned. Two teams left. Kentucky. What have we learned about Kentucky?
1: <laughs> we learned that... We learned that they have good enough guards that at their best, they can win the SEC. Not national championship, just the SEC? I think I made a hot take that Kentucky was going to make a final four on our little Bleacher Report stream. And I'm feeling good about that still.
0: Okay. Uh, I like that. I I guess I'll go the negative route on it then. Um I think we've learned this team needs a big man and not like a do it all big man. They just need a body that they can play at center. They don't have one right now. Yeah. Just a body. They might get one though. Like they're, they're supposed to get one. They just don't have one right now. Last but not least. What have we learned about Arkansas?
1: We learned that Devo Davis actually might be an issue for this team. I know you say March Davis and March Devo. He has not played well at all. Up until this point of the season, and I think it's hurting them. And they've been in some close games, they have been in
0: some close games. It's kind of a little bit crazy when you actually look through what's happened. Um, I guess I'll double down on you with Devo. I, I don't feel like I have learned anything else about Arkansas. I'm still kind of, <laughs> I, I need to learn more about Arkansas from where I'm at on the season right now. Like, everybody's been okay everybody's been all right. I don't have any like scorching hot, good or bad takes on Arkansas. They're good. They're winning their games. They're taking care of business. But Devo is the one that's like, I starred that in my notebook and what's wrong right now. But I still, even that doesn't feel like something I learned. It's just like, what, what just happened? What are you celebrating? The
1: biggest loser of the champions classic in college basketball in general is point guards that use the notepad emoji.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's a great way to end the segment. Thank you for that. Uh, All right, final topic today. We're going to do a quick little Charleston classic preview. This is uh, one of the many tournaments that begins uh, today when you're watching this on Thursday. It's a decent field. We have Dayton. We have Houston. We have LSU. We have North Texas. We have St. John's. We have Towson. We have Wake Forest. And we have Utah. Uh, Which of these first-round games are you looking forward to most? And then we'll get to like predictions and who we think is going to win.
1: Hmm
0: so i think that i think that the best
1: game is going to end up being that utah wake forest game i think that wake forest plays kind of a fun style of basketball cam hildreth has been kind of a revelation this year i mean he's been putting up some crazy stats um i i would have said the dayton game but with the smith injury it just kind of it it dampers it a little bit and i feel like dayton's gonna kind of struggle going into these games so i think the Utah Wake Forest one is the one that I'm looking forward to the most, especially if it gets to Wake Forest versus Houston. Because I actually like Wake Forest's guards, and I'd like to see those Houston guards play a good set of guards. And I'm not saying that's the best guards that uh, that Houston's going to go up against all season, but I think it's a, it's a good early season test for them when they have not been tested
0: so far. Okay. Uh, I think that's super fair. I like that answer. Uh, I, is it weird to say I'm rooting for St. John's here? Is 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 there a little personal agenda on this? So I don't know how much we talked about. It Cause I was just like over the moon about Michigan, but like one of my things coming out of the St. John's game was that I've, I was actually very impressed with their first half. And I know their second half was horrible, but like during the whole first half, I I sat there like at the 16 minute mark when there's four minutes left. And I was like, I think Michigan's playing as good as they possibly can right now. And this is a two point game. Hmm. And I, I couldn't really process that because it felt like a game where it was like my team's shooting the lights out. Everything is on our a game and we haven't created any separation against these guys. And then ultimately it just kept going on and Michigan kept playing well and St. John's like started shooting cold, but I was pretty impressed. Like that stuck with me of like, wait a second. There might be more here than I realized. Cause on paper going to that game, I didn't think St. John's was anything. I thought if Michigan played their a game, they'd be up 20 immediately. Um, So I know like Rick has a lot to figure out. He said as much in the post game, like he basically killed his team's effort and shot selection and said, they're not a finished product. It's crazy. All these old dudes aren't playing for each other. Um, I think at some point they will, and they're going to beat Towson in game one. They're going to get Wake Forest or Utah. That feels like a game to me where I am going to talk myself into better. Wait, you're talking about first. St. John's, right? Yeah.
1: No, St. so St. John's has North Texas first. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong graphic then. Unless I'm – wait, or I'm, I'm not looking at the wrong graphic, am I? No, let me get the bracket up. Sorry. Yeah, so it's, it's St. John's versus North Texas, and then Dayton versus LSU, and, like, the winner of those two play each other, and the losers play each other. And then okay. on the bottom, it's Houston Townsend – and then Utah-Wake
0: Forest. Got it. I had it flipped. Um, I had them playing Towson and Houston playing North Texas. So thank you for uh, correcting that for me. They're going to beat North Texas, though. So (laughs) I I haven't changed my paint. They're still going to win their first game. And, uh, I mean, round two, LSU looks horrible right now, and Dayton's without Malachi Smith. So to me, this should be a St. John's path to final. Um, Houston's the one good team here, right? Uh, I shouldn't say good. I think St. John's could be good. I think Utah could be good. I think Wake Forest on a good day could be good. But Houston's the great team here. They should win this going away, right? They should. Um, But Houston-St. John's would be a fun
1: matchup. Like, I feel like that's another set. Like I said, another set of guards they could play, Patino versus Samson. And uh, just because I got to stick up for the big men, for the people out there who are big man center lovers, uh the the matchup that you could have in that second game in the st john's portion will be very good because you could have soriano and then for dayton you have deron holmes and for lsu you have will baker who's like seven two and like you said lsu struggling they're bad they lost to nickel state already and when again they were down 20 points and they still got beat on a buzzer beater by uh by nickel state but could be some really good big man matchups uh in those games and uh, if there are some a few sickos out there who enjoy those type of matchups i think you would uh, uh find a way to enjoy those games
0: yeah you will i uh i wrote a preview it's the first article that i wrote for action network that is going to come out tomorrow uh of wake forest in utah i'm actually pretty excited for this game i dove into my little like analytical preview bag like you know when you do the the spartan hoops previews and it's an interesting matchup because Utah kind of dominates inside. Like, that's their thing. They got the Carlson brothers, and they're pretty balanced. Like, it's good offense. Um, they got Cole Bahama, or however you say it. But the, the guy that used to be at Michigan is now at Utah. Cole DeGemma from Washington? He's leading Utah in scoring this year. Plays for Utah. What? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. He's averaging 15 a game. He's cooking for Utah. So, oh, I, wow. uh, I actually really like this Utah team. I think they're, like, sneaky top. I don't know, four in the Pac-12, and like probably a team that could win a tournament game. And Wake Forest is like the funnest team in the country. I love everything about them. I want to watch them. I want to bet on them. I don't think Wake Forest is actually good, like at all. Um, and one of Wake Forest's things is like uh offensive rebounding. Like that's uh, that's a thing that they do. And um you're not going to be able to do that against Utah because Utah is just like elite at cleaning up the glass. So, I I have Utah covering this game from a betting perspective. For the record, you can click the article if you want to fully see it. What, but what, what what's the spread on that game? Minus three and a half was the number for Utah. Well, but Utah's favorite minus three and a half. Yeah, it's one of those spreads where like you see the spread and you're like, oh, Wake Forest, but then you look at it more and you're like, God, this is trappy. Yeah, it's one of those like I want to
1: tune in and like if they're giving me like Wake Forest. Plus seven, then I'm like, ooh, want that. But at three and a half, I do like Utah.
0: It feels like a game you and I would be all over, text each other all day about it, and then by the first media timeout, we're down thirteen to two, and we're yep. like, we just know we're cooked. uh Okay, so formal prediction: I have Houston St. John's in the final. I have Houston winning. I I I, I have the same. Okay, I thought about being bold and going St. John's, but I restricting myself yeah no I I, I
1: truly believe that uh that they are but your comments are going to springboard me into going back and at least checking in on Matthew Love's ball that St. John's Michigan game because I I just didn't see it with St. John's but I might have just missed it just because I was locked into what Michigan was doing
0: it was a lot of just made shots and obviously like Michigan was not good defensively but um yeah i was i was impressed with the shot making they had a lot more shot making than i thought they had so uh keep your eye on st john's that's all i would say as the season goes on keep your eye on them okay exciting this is the first of many tournaments we're very excited about in the next week so we'll do a lot of preview stuff that one was kind of quick and easy but uh we'll we'll have more in-depth stuff for maui and the battle for atlantis and other tournaments as today's come by and like I said, some surprises coming to the channel as far as how we cover some of these games, previews and recap-wise that should be really, really exciting for the growth of this channel. Show some love. Click subscribe while you're there. Get in the comments. Uh, Let's get to one big thing presented by Big B Cart. Are you going to do a sad Michigan State-themed one big thing again?
1: No, my one big thing is me. (laughs) I'm a problem, and you know that. 7-4. No more elaboration. That's all it is nah it's a game right. it's a game of making sure you had the most points at the end of it yeah one of us did that on this podcast one of us
0: didn't well i got the footage so be careful because it would Sorry. be a shame if it would be a shame if the low lights leaked and that was all that leaked i might that have to do a little you, you, no, you the, no, the car no. the carter elliott voiceovers the carter elliott men's league highlight hey Hey, it's Greg here. Why don't we do a quick film session on Carter Elliott's Men's League highlights today? And it's just your low lowlights. Oh, I
1: will have some Men's League highlights dropping this week, by the way. Good plug. I thought you were horrible. You had another game, and you were good. I, I mean, I I only scored thirteen points, but like,
0: all right, I got something. All right. Um. Goodness, my one big thing is uh, I am an elite. Diddy maker. Diddy. Like P Diddy? What? No, just like 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 ditties. Like like did you hear that little Diddy? Like a pair of ditties? No. Nope. Just a Diddy. Like what is that like a tune or something? What is that like a little diddy? A, boom tune. a little too a little boom bop. Yeah. I am an elite. Little, little, little beat pop. I am an elite diddy maker. Can you do like a quick example? So specifically in this setting, what I'm referring to is uh, that we now have a daughter. And basically anything you do with your six-month-old daughter is better if you do it musically. Like she just loves it. She giggles and smiles the whole time. And sometimes you need her to giggle and smile because sometimes you're trying to break up a scream or cry or stress or something. So like more musical, the better. I don't need any reason to get musical, as you know. Like, that's the thing I will do. So, like, if I'm changing a diaper, there's, like, an original ditty being formed on the fly. And I like to think there's a lot of moms and dads out there who maybe come up with their own ditties that just aren't on the same catchiness wavelength that mine are. And uh, I think, honestly, I could record an album of my ditties right now, and I think it would go triple platinum in, like, the fatherhood circles. You should. I also, to... I
1: also think you would make a great children's book author. I've actually thought about doing that. Yeah, I think you I, I think you'd be good at that.
0: Yeah. It would probably be something like the block was clean. And it would just be like rhymes about Trey Burke's clean block.
1: My daddy missed his cover by half a point.
0: <laughs> that would actually be really good. All right. Uh okay, good show. Great to see you. We spent way too much time together in the last 24 hours. Uh, All right. I love you. Bye.